It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Viegas. I'm Todd Marquardt, your host and attorney with Marquardt Law Firm. Remember, decisions about your future can be difficult, but at Falcon Bank, our trust department can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience. From estate planning and administration of trusts to investment management, including real estate and mineral management, Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank at 210-489-4150 to discuss how they may be of service to you. So as we have our sponsors that help us keep our show running for another live episode on the Saturday mornings, we'll be talking about a new law today that we have yet to cover, a little bit of the old, but why don't you tell us a little bit about the mission of Talk Law Radio, Mr. Marquardt? Remind everybody about why we're still coming to these airwaves with new content as often as possible. Yes, uh, Talk Law Radio is an essential business because our mission is to help you understand your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to specific circumstances of each case and laws are ever-changing, the material discussed herein is meant for general informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, Let's begin with a prayer. Of course. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Ivan Ramirez, Christiana, and me give good information to the listeners about international estate planning today. Help us use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, as Mr. Marquardt has mentioned, we have on the phone lines today, Ivan Ramirez, helping us understand about international estate planning. And off camera, we have Ivan on our video for Zoom. Ivan, can you hear us yet? Yes, good morning to you all. Absolutely terrific. Good morning to you, Yvonne. Thank you for joining us and for helping be a perfect example about still practicing social distancing. If you are on the road, I hope you're on uh, you're on some wheels and in your own car. And more importantly, that if you can stay home, that you are at home and tuning into our podcast here on Talk Law Radio. Um, 
following Mr. Marquardt's prayer, I actually would like to have a moment, if I can, to read a scripture. Yes, absolutely. And, and just remember, Yvonne, you are live on the air. So just be careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> so what I had found, so it's still a week before Easter, and if you're trying to decide whether or not to go, I would like to remind everybody of the scripture of Ecclesiastes then. <laughs> uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, a time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter storms, <coughs> scatter stones, and a time to gather them, and more importantly, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Right now, social distancing is the best preventative cost that you can take right now if you don't know if you have COVID-19 or if you do know that you have it and you want to protect people around you, you want to be responsible, keep your safe distance, cover your mouth when you cough, cough into your shoulder, get a tissue, throw it away immediately, and wash your hands for 20 seconds. And if you don't know how long 20 seconds is, just look up a song that you really love and sing its verse, its chorus over and over again. But other than that PSA, back to our episode on Talk Law Radio, we have Yvonne Ramirez live on air on our telephone systems. So you can't call us at our usual number that we take for phone call questions, but we have fixed our Facebook audio, so now you can watch us on Facebook live stream. So visit our Facebook page, Talk Law Radio. Look for the scales of justice, and you can be able to send your comments live time and your questions for Yvonne to be asked. Yes, and so today we're going to be talking about international estate planning. Uh, what is federal estate and gift tax? Who is a United States resident for estate tax purposes? We'll talk about the difference between U.S. citizens, U.S. residents, non-U.S. residents, dual nationality, multinational families, family company or foreign companies, and international operations. So, Yvonne, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your background and education and experience. Sure. Uh, thank you very much, Todd and Christiana. Again, I appreciate the opportunity to be here and share this information with the audience. But uh, background is basically I grew up in Laredo, Texas, which is on the border, in a bilingual, bicultural community. And one of the advantages of growing up on the border is I learned Spanish being in such proximity to Mexico. You know, I remember back then we could cross the border pretty much just by waving at the uh, immigration officers. And there was no, you know, a passport requirement back then. So since it was so easy to cross the border, you know, growing up, I mean, it was and going to Nuevo Laredo on the Mexican side was just as simply as crossing the street pretty much to just walk, you know, walk across the bridge. But of course, after 9/11, that's when the the, uh, the border restrictions tightened, and you needed passports now to go back and forth. But again, growing up as a kid, I remember going with my grandfather, my parents, you know, just or uncles and aunts to the Mexican side of the border for shopping, with or you know, or going out to eat. It was as simple as just going to the HB these days. So growing up on the border, and the reason I mention that is it gives me the 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 perspective of international planning as an attorney now because I'm aware of the issues coming from a, a border community. I've seen 
the, uh, the, the uh, huge differences between the tax laws now as a practicing attorney, you know, here in the United States versus if, if you're a non-resident in Mexico, for example, given our proximity to the border here in Texas, it made me acutely aware of, hey, there, there is a very real need for, for estate planning for these uh, Mexican nationals that own businesses or assets here in the United States. So, uh, you know, uh, after, you know, finishing my law studies at St. Mary's University, which I went to law school with Mr. Marquardt there, that's how I met him, and it, it really gave me the opportunity to use my skills and my experience growing up on, the, on, on a border community. You know, especially being Spanish bilingual, I, I am very uh, well positioned to service the international community, especially in the, uh, my clientele from Mexico, which, again, given our proximity here in Texas to, to the Mexican border, you know, there is a very uh, uh, acute need for international estate tax and business planning. So we'll get into uh, what is estate tax and gift tax after we take a break, but I wanted to ask first... Why are you so passionate about it? Well, that, that's a great question, Todd. And, and the reason I'm so passionate about this area of the law, estate planning uh, in particular, is because my grandfather passed away at a very young age. He was in his 40s. Oh. And when he passed away, he, he had no will. He had no estate plan. He had no business planning, even though he was a very successful farm and rancher, along with his brothers, my uncles. And I, I saw the devastating consequences that the lack of an estate plan can have in your family. Because my grandmother, who was a widow, and my, you know, my dad and my uncle, you know, they were very young when, when my grandfather passed away. So, and they had a very rough time growing up because of that. So seeing the devastating consequences within my own family of what a lack of an estate plan can do, uh, that's the reason I'm so passionate about estate planning. I want to make sure that my clients don't suffer Okay, when we come back. We'll be returning back on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcor and Ivan Ramirez. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marcourt, and I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we're live on the radio here on The Answer with Ivan Ramirez talking about international estate planning. He's tying up our phone lines right now, so if you were trying to call in with some questions about what to do with international estate planning, what are the consequences about federal estate taxes with foreign properties, Follow us on Facebook, look up Talk Law Radio and the Scales of Justice, and you can submit your comments in our posts or in our Facebook live stream as you watch us here behind the scenes on Talk Law Radio. Yvonne, can you still hear us? We would like to have you on the air again. Absolutely, we're here. All right, terrific. So we're still live, and why don't you share with us some of the consequences that well, was... Well, before we go there, no? let's uh, 
back up. What is the estate tax? That that's a great uh, foundational question. So the estate tax here in the United States is it's over a hundred years old. It was enacted in 1916, so it's been around for a while. And what it is, it's a transfer tax based on the value of your estates when you pass away. So historically, we've had an estate tax that range from as high as 77% all the way down to zero. So it fluctuates, you know, whenever Congress changes a law, that's why, you know, like Todd mentioned earlier in the show, it's, it's important to uh, seek the advice of legal counsel because the law changes, especially when it comes to tax laws and estate tax laws. The estate, it's, it's basically a moving target. So the highest estate tax that we've ever had historically was 77%, and that was during World War II. So from 1941 and then post-World War II all the way to 1976, we had a 77% estate tax of amounts over $60,000. Wow. So $60,000 was the threshold, so anything over $60,000 was taxed at 77%, the value of the estate after someone passed away. I, I just have a gen- generic question. Is that $60,000 of the amount valued in World War II or $60,000 today? No, so that was the estate tax exemption from 1941 to 1976. So what that means is if you pass away the value of all your assets, if it's over $60,000, it was taxed at a max rate of 77%. Oh, okay. But then you said... You did remind us that the laws are ever-changing, so what are some of the changes, um, or what, what, what else do you still now? need to tell us now? So currently, in, in 2020, uh, our current estate tax exemption for U.S. citizens and permanent residents is currently $11,580,000. Again, $11,580,000. So what that means is, if you pass away this year, in 2020, if the value of your assets is is less than $11.58 million, there's no estate tax. So a very small percentage of our population now is actually subject to this estate tax upon death because the exemption is so high, $11.58 million. And so what would the exemption be if you're not a U.S. citizen or you're not a resident? And that is the importance of this topic today for international estate planning. If you are a non-resident of the United States and you have assets within the United States, that estate tax exemption is basically the World War II amount, $60,000. So what that means is if you're a non-resident and you have assets in the U.S. over $60,000, you're going to be subject to an estate tax upon death, which is currently 40% is the max rate. So everything over 60000 is taxed at 40%. Again, uh, it did, now there are special rules in the Internal Revenue Code, and I'm not going to get into the technicalities for the purpose of the show, but there are certain exclusions for non-residents. So for just one quick example, uh, a simple bank account under their name, a checking or savings account, that is exempt for non-residents for federal estate tax purposes. For U.S. citizens, that counts. However, there are special tax rules for non-residents, which is something that we specialize in our, in our law firm is, is uh, you know, what are these differences for the non-residents' international clients? So how do I know if I'm a resident or not? Okay, so there is a special definition, again, of the IRS rules. The, uh, the, the most simplistic definition, uh, you know, in layman's terms is if you are, it, it's, it's basically a subjective test. What is the 
is the intent of the taxpayer. So what that means is, is my intent to remain in the United States indefinitely? If that is my intent as a taxpayer, then the IRS rules for estate and gift tax purposes say, I am a U.S. resident for estate and gift tax purposes if my intent is to remain in the U.S. indefinitely. Now, there's different definitions for income tax purposes. There's different definitions for immigration purposes. We are simply talking about the definition for estate and gift tax purposes. So, again, it's a subjective test, domicile test. Is my intent to remain in the U.S. indefinitely? If the answer is yes, then you are a U.S. resident for estate and gift tax purposes only. So it's possible that someone who is not a legal citizen could own property in the U.S.? That is correct. You can, you can be here illegally and own uh, property in the U.S. That's not against the law to own property as a non-resident. However, if, if your intent is to remain in the U.S. indefinitely, even if illegally, then you are a, a U.S. resident for state and gift tax purposes. And again, I say that multiple, many times with the emphasis because there is a different, different definition for income tax purposes and there's a different definition, obviously, for immigration purposes. So here, it's a special tax rule for state and gift tax purposes. So this is an area where somebody who's wanting to purchase property in the U.S. should seek out counsel and advice. Absolutely. It's very common for international clients, non-U.S. residents, to purchase real estate for investments or, or they have established businesses here in the United States. And if they if they establish these businesses in their own name, or if they if they establish buy property in their own name, real estate, then they're going to have a ticking time bomb because remember that sixty thousand dollar estate tax ex- exclusion for non residents, it's going to it's going to hit their family pretty hard when they pass away. So one of the things that our law firm does is help these international clients invest here in the U.S. smartly to not have to be subject to these uh, state taxes. So if you're tuning in right now, the reason why we're talking about international laws is because this is Still Talk Law Radio, and we have Ivan Ramirez on the phone helping us understand what the gift tax laws are like. And since we're on Facebook live stream, we should be able to reach the internationals on the web pages that we have. So how can they contact you, Ivan, if, Ivan, if they just so happen to be watching this video? Sure, uh, they can always reach me uh, via, via uh, my uh, website, which is www.ram, that's R-A-M hyphen law.com. All my contact information is there. We're located in San Antonio, Texas. But again, we do have an international clientele. So uh, again, my website is www.ram, that's R-A-M hyphen law.com. And all our information is there. All right, terrific. Tell us about gift tax. Is that any different? How do we know uh, what the how the gift tax laws apply to uh, non-residents? So a gift tax uh, is similar to the estate tax. However, the difference is the estate tax is triggered upon death. A gift tax is triggered while you're alive. So if you make gifts while you're alive within the U.S., whether you're a U.S. citizen or a non-resident, uh, that that is a taxable event. So again, just to recap, if you're a U.S. citizen or permanent resident of the U.S., the gift tax exclusion is the same as the estate tax exclusion, which is currently eleven point five eight million dollars. 
However, if you're a non-resident, which are uh, a lot of my clients, if you're a non-resident of the United States and you make gifts within the United States, you only have a $15,000 annual exclusion. Again, a $15,000 annual exclusion. And there, again, there's exceptions within the tax rules, which we're not going to get into today, but the $15,000 annual exclusion, which both U.S. citizens and non-residents enjoy every year, that is the only gift tax credit that they have if they're going to make gifts while they're alive. And if you exceed the annual exclusion amount, then you have to file a 709 gift tax return, right? That is correct, Todd. There's a special uh, tax return that you file for gift taxes over the exclusion amount, which is the Form 706. That is correct, as opposed to a 1040 that you file you know, for income taxes. And can you help people file the necessary tax returns? Absolutely. My law firm helps file gift tax returns in addition to estate tax returns, which is the Form 706, or if you're a non-resident, it's the Form 706 and A. So that, that is a service that we help our clients with, especially the, the international clients, because, again, they only have a $60,000 exemption. And if they don't do their planning, then they're going to be subject to this estate tax for amounts over $60,000. Again, there's, there's exceptions in the tax rules, but that is a threshold amount for non-residents. Can you give us an example, a case study of where you actually saw this? Absolutely. Uh, I have several clients that I've worked with, you know, that, that were subject to the estate tax because they didn't have a, a, an estate plan. Let me give you a famous example, uh, the famous actor James Gandolfini, The Soprano. I was the just going to ask you about that. Yeah, I'm glad you know. Him. Yeah. So he passed away in 2013 with just a simple will, which is, again, public record when you file it with the probate court. Okay. His, his estate was worth $70 million. Wow. $70 million. No estate tax planning. He just had a simple will. So since he didn't have an estate tax plan like we help our clients with, he his estate had to pay $30 million to the IRS, $30 million. So that is an example of a failure of, of planning by a famous actor that can, could have easily been avoided if he spoke to a competent attorney like Todd and myself you know, to, to help with some estate tax strategies. Now, uh, for my international clients, again, a, a recent example, a very wealthy family out of Monterrey, Mexico. They had a, a vacation property in Houston, Texas. They were non-residents. It was simply a vacation property. Uh, the wife passed away uh, of cancer, a very young, very young lady. Uh, again, so sad for the widow. And But they came to me, you know, to do the estate tax filing, with the IRS, which is a Form 706 NA for non-residents, and the, uh, the the wife that passed away, all she had was a will in Mexico, no estate tax planning, and that vacation home that they had in Houston was worth over a million dollars. They purchased it in their name. Again, they didn't know any better because they were they were not from the U.S. They weren't they didn't understand that there's estate taxes here because in Mexico there is currently no estate tax. So uh, I had to help that family file the estate tax return. They had to pay several hundred thousand dollars to the IRS. And uh, currently, that's already uh, they're, they're, because they were audited. So that is an example of, of, of a family that I helped because they didn't do the planning. They were not aware of these tax rules in the United States, which could have easily have been avoided. But again, they, they didn't know that these taxes existed. 
And that's one of the reasons, Todd, I'm so passionate about helping my international clients is because they don't know the system. They're not aware of the tax rules here in the U.S., which, again, can be easily be avoided if they simply take action before they pass away and have that estate plan. Can we talk about a U.S. citizen with foreign assets when we come back from the break? Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for staying on the air with us, Yvonne. We will come back after this commercial here on Talk Law Radio. If you are interested in asking Yvonne some of your questions about international estate planning, what tax laws should be made more aware of, follow us on Facebook, look up our live stream as you can see in our video listing, and you can submit your questions through the comments. Send us recommendations of what kind of episodes you want to hear, but stay tuned after this commercial here on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Markhor, and I'm your co-host, Cristiana Villegas, and we have still on the air through our phone lines, Ivan Ramirez. Ivan, can you still hear us? Yes, I'm here. Terrific, and you're live on the air. And before our break, Ivan was helping us understand the consequences of poor estate tax planning with your estate plan. It takes more than just a simple will. Much like the Soprano character who's the actor, James Gandolfini, with his estate plan and simple will. And also famous movie producer and test pilot Howard Hughes, who was infamous for his napkin wills that he kept writing. Yeah, his estate was in probate for 20 years because there were so many wills that the court had to evaluate and and determine which one was... His last will. Exactly. And that's just here in the States. That's just regular U.S. estate planning for your own things. What about the people who are U.S. citizens with foreign assets? Are, Ivan, Ivan, can you be able to tell us about are we setting up Swiss bank accounts now or protecting our vacation home in Cancun or Cabos? Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the fundamentals of estate planning is the golden rule. And we all know what the golden rule in the Bible is, right? Which what? Is, it, what? I'm sorry, I'm not familiar. Um, there's so many golden rules, apparently, to each their well, own. You know? Well, Jesus taught us, "Do unto others as you want to do, as you want done unto yourself." That's the golden rule of the Bible. However, the golden rule of estate planning is a little bit different. It's he who makes the gold makes the rules. <laughs> oh, oh. So well, taking, them's the rules. <laughs> So, so taking the golden rule into account, you know, if you have assets of any type, again, you want to get your estate plan done, and especially if you have assets abroad. So now we're going to shift focus a little bit. What about U.S. citizens that have assets outside the United States? That takes special estate planning. So one of the first things that we need to look at is what is the nature of the asset? Is it simply a bank account in Switzerland, like you mentioned, or is, is it a business is it real properties? Again, maybe you have a vacation home in Cancun or something. Again, that takes special estate planning. What about so, those 90-day fiancé scenarios as well? 
Correct. That takes that takes special planning as well. <laughs> but but the, the most important thing uh, when looking at when when you're a U.S. citizen with with assets abroad is number one, uh, like like I just mentioned, the nature of the asset. Is it a bank account? Is it a business? Is it real estate? And then number two, we need to take in uh, the first thing we need to analyze doing international estate planning is what. Is, do we have a treaty with that country? Do the United States have some kind of an estate tax or gift tax treaty with that country? So if you go to the IRS website, you will find a list of the countries that have estate and gift tax treaties with the U.S. And if you look at this list, it, it prim- primarily consists of Western European countries. So Western European countries such as you know England, France, Germany, Ireland, Italy, Spain, they have estate tax treaties with the U.S., I'm sorry, Spain is not on the list, not Spain. But uh, it's mostly Western European countries, plus Canada, plus uh, South Africa, plus Japan. But other than that, uh, the United States does not have estate tax treaties with most of the world. So if we don't have it, if the United States does not have a, an estate tax treaty with that country where the, where the assets are located, then we need to look at the local laws. So let's take the, the Cancun uh, property, for example, let's say I'm a U.S. citizen. I want a vacation property in Cancun in Mexico. Since we don't have a tax treaty with Mexico for state tax purposes, we need to look at the laws of the home country. So currently in Mexico, there actually is an estate tax. Uh, however, if, if the relatives, if, if I'm sorry, if the beneficiaries of the, of the deceased are family members, you know, spouse, children, grandchildren, basically the estate tax doesn't apply under the current law. Now, if if uh, the law changes again, the laws the laws in Mexico change just like they do in the U.S. And and the current president Lopez Obrador, uh, AMLO, I, I know his administration is proposing an, an estate tax in Mexico. It hasn't been implemented yet, but again, we need to keep in uh, uh, the local laws in mind. So again, if if I want to own a vacation property in Mexico, like many of my clients do. We need to look at the local laws. So again, currently no estate tax in Mexico. However, there are restrictions for for foreigners in Mexico owning real estate, especially along the beach. So again, we we need to. What I typically do is I collaborate with Mexican attorneys in, in Mexico City, Monterrey, or uh, you know uh, Guadalajara, the, the, the big cities, and I, I work with my Mexican counterparts. Uh, down there to help me set up uh, different Mexican entities, maybe a Mexican trust, maybe a Mexican corporation that my U.S. client will own, that in turn will own that vacation property in Cancun or or any other jurisdiction uh, state in Mexico. So again, we we need to look at the local laws of of the country, abide by those tax laws, and uh, collaborate with local counsel to make sure that the the state plan is appropriate for for a U.S.-based client. Interesting. So if uh, you have assets in another country, uh, who can they call, Christiana? Well, they can actually visit the website, as Yvonne has reminded his access to international clients, by visiting www.ram-law.com. That's R-A-M for mother hyphen law.com. Okay, uh, next question. Have you ever met somebody with dual nationality? Absolutely. It's, uh, I have many clients that are dual citizens, citizens of Mexico and the U.S., citizens of Canada and the U.S., citizens of India and the U.S., 
citizens of Spain and the U.S. So that takes special planning as well. But what If is are, dual citizenship and yeah. how? What does that mean? It basically means you are a citizen of two countries. And the U.S. allows that? They don't get upset that uh, you're sleeping with someone else? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the U.S. is not jealous. So <laughs> currently in the United States, you are allowed to have uh, nationalities of, of, of uh, two or even three nations. Okay, and so you, if you have assets in each country, then you probably have to look at the laws of both countries. Um, but what about this concept of worldwide assets? Excellent question, Todd. So if you're a U.S. citizen, and let's say you have a dual nationality, U.S. and Mexico, for example, if you are a U.S. citizen, then, again, you have that generous estate tax exemption, which is currently $11.58 million. However, if you're a U.S. citizen or permanent resident, that threshold of $11.58 million is based on your worldwide assets, not just what you have in the United States. So let's say, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a dual citizen, Mexico, U.S., I have an $11.8 million exemption if I pass away in 2020. But that's we have to look at, our, at the worldwide assets because now you are taxed based on your worldwide assets. So let's say I have, you know, just a homestead here in the U.S., maybe a small business worth a million dollars. And I'm like thinking, well, that's great. I'm under the $11 million threshold for estate taxes. However, let's say they have a $20 million business in Mexico, which is very common with my clientele. They may have, uh, you know, a small dollar amount of assets in the U.S. However, the bulk of their wealth is in Mexico or in other countries. Then we need to do some estate tax planning because they're over the $11.58 million threshold. So, again, that takes special planning. We need to collaborate with local council because, again, uh, wherever the assets are located in their home country, we need to look at the tax laws in those countries when we do our estate tax planning. So then who should, or at least where should people be contacting first? Should they be contacting the place where they have their assets in a foreign country and be looking online for those attorneys? Or should they contact somebody while they're here in the States first and let them find a referral service? I would recommend starting with me, because if they're U.S. citizens, they're subject to U.S. tax laws. And the danger of going to foreign counsel first is that they may not be aware of what the tax laws are in the United States. So they, they could implement a great estate planning strategy in their home country, or the, let's say in Mexico, for example. But if those attorneys don't know U.S. tax law, what they're doing in Mexico for their estate planning can have a zero effect over here in the U.S. Mm. That's why if they're U.S. citizens, they need to start you know, with their U.S. attorney and, and tax counsel first to make sure whatever planning they implement in, in, uh, in the other country is in line with U.S. tax rules, because, they're, again, they're subject to worldwide taxation, like uh, Mr. Marquardt uh, mentioned earlier, if they're U.S. citizens. So there's a phrase out there that charity begins at the home. I think we can paradise it a bit and say that planning should start in the home, and primarily your household. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask... Uh... How, how does Uncle Sam know where these worldwide assets are? Do you think the IRS would be able to find these assets in uh, foreign countries? Oh, we need to go over what kind of secret methods they have in order to research that after this commercial break that's about to come up. But 
how about a little teaser, Yvonne? Can you wrap it up in about a few words? Yeah, it's called the internet. Internet. The IRS has, ah. the IRS has access to Google, just like we do. <laughs> the World Wide Web. So we'll go over more into detail of that. Thank you, Yvonne, so much for taking a moment out of your Saturday morning. If you're listening to us here on Talk Law Radio, you can follow our podcast on Facebook. Help us reach YouTube by hitting 1,000 subscribers. Look for the scales of justice when you type in Talk Law Radio, and you can be able to send us your questions in the comments on any of our posts that we have. We'll give you a shout out if we see it, but you've got to be able to leave your comments here on Talk Law Radio with Todd Marcourt. We'll be right back after this commercial. You've heard him on Talk Law Radio. Now work with his firm yourself. Marquardt Law Firm is the go-to firm in San Antonio for wills, trusts, and powers of attorney. Want to have a say on who will get your money and assets when you die instead of leaving it up to a judge? Then you need a proper estate plan in place, and Marquardt Law Firm can help you do just that. They can also develop a strategy for your long-term care financing and help maneuver the complicated Medicaid process for your family. Call them today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. Call 210-530-4278. Again, that's 210-530-4278. Protect what's yours with Marquardt Law Firm. MarquardtLawFirm.com. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with your host, Todd Marquardt. I'm your co-host, Christiana Villegas, and we have on the phone lines Ivan Ramirez helping us understand about international estate planning. Ivan, can you hear us still? Yes, we're here. Okay, great. And we were about to go into details of how the IRS is able to track you having foreign assets if you're a U.S. citizen. Well, the, uh, the, the easy answer to that is that if you are a U.S. citizen and you have several obligations to file special declarations with the IRS, so, for example, if you have a foreign bank account, you have to, you have to file a um, different types of uh, forms with the IRS. Also, if, if you're paying taxes in a foreign country, let's say you have businesses in Mexico and, and, and the U.S. also, then if you want to get those tax credits for the taxes that you paid in Mexico and pay less taxes here in the U.S. as a dual citizen, again, there's special forms that you have to file with the IRS to get those tax credits. So the IRS knows what you have abroad because you're already filing that information as part of your income tax return every year. And if you don't file those special uh, declarations with the IRS as a U.S. citizen, as a, a U.S. taxpayer, there are some very stiff penalties that the IRS assesses on, on U.S. taxpayers if those uh, tax filings are not made. And a lot of them are just informational filings. They're, they're not taxable events. But again, the, the IRS knows because, number one, you're already declaring it on, on your 1040 if you're a dual citizen or if you have assets abroad especially income-producing assets, and you want those tax credits. And uh, the, the second answer to that question is uh, the United States, the IRS, has many, uh, not treaties, but however, they have protocols and agreements with foreign nations, especially the developed countries, that they share information. So, for example, the IRS in Mexico, which is the, the SAT, the SAT, has an agreement with the IRS to share information. 
So the IRS, again, they have many tools at their disposal to discover if you have assets abroad or businesses abroad. And if you're not reporting it, again, there's some very stiff penalties that are assessed. Okay. Can you tell us about uh, multinational families, like when uh, parents are living in Mexico and maybe their children are living in the U.S., and maybe they want to pass down that uh, family business or they want to do uh, the sale of a business to a family member? Yeah, I mean, how often do we end up getting those scam emails that you have a surprise uncle in Nigeria or some European country and they're ready to send you millions of dollars, but I, as much as we get those scam emails, you just as easily know your work, your coworker or a neighbor or a family member that is actually in this situation of their parents being in another country like in Mexico. Yes, that, that, that's actually a very common example of, of the clientele that I deal with. So one of the first questions I ask when I get a, a non-resident client, let's say again from Mexico, which is a typical example, and, and one of the first, I ask them, okay, you know, tell me about your family, tell me about your children, tell me about your grandchildren, tell me about your spouse. And then I ask them, what is the immigration status of your family members? Because it's very common that the parents may be Mexican citizens, non-U.S. residents. However, it's very common that their children are U.S. citizens or they're, they're, uh, they're uh, studying abroad in the U.S., you know, attending a university with the intent to remain in the U.S. So, again, that takes special type of planning. If the beneficiaries are U.S. citizens and the parents are non-residents, again, that, that's special planning that needs to take place. You know, we look at the IRS rules. We look at the gift tax rules. Uh, we look at the, the uh, tax laws in the home country versus the U.S. And taking all of those elements combined, we, make, we, we develop an estate and plus a tax plan for these multinational families where parents may be non-residents in Mexico or another country, children are U.S. citizens. Again, we need to take all that into account when we do the estate planning for these multinational families. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And failing to plan, or, yeah, failing to plan is planning to fail. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. And, again, I've dealt with many families. Uh, one I gave, example I made earlier that the failure to plan, it, it really causes a huge headache for the family. And having to liquidate assets, selling real estate in order to pay the estate taxes, because if the estate taxes are not paid... Well, guess what? The IRS has a lien on those, on those assets here in the U.S. And and guess what's going to happen if the taxes aren't paid? And well, the U.S. the IRS is going to levy on their lien, and the family could lose the property. Yeah, one of my good friends, his his brother passed away uh, many years ago when the estate tax exemption was much lower, and he had a ranch, and they had to sell half the ranch to pay the federal estate tax. That's not what they wanted. <laughs> exactly. So, again, these are very uh, easy situations to resolve, but it takes action. It, you know, the, uh, the clients have to come while they're alive, obviously. Talk to professionals such as Todd Marquardt or myself, Ivan Ramirez, so we can get that estate tax uh, and estate plan done in a timely fashion so that the family doesn't suffer the consequences. And fortunately, you can reach Yvonne if you want to visit online to his website, www.ram-law.com, R-A-M-dot-law, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's R-A-M hyphen. It is a hyphen, the one across, law.com. And you can reach Todd Marcourt by dialing 210-530-4278. Yvonne, you know uh, Marcourt Law Firm is a sponsor of this show, and we focus on business and estate law. And so we like to ask our guests about their legacy. What would you say your legacy, what, you, what do you want your legacy to be? Absolutely. Well, first of all, on a personal note, obviously I want to make sure that my family is taken care of, you know, that, that I, have a, you know, I have a daughter. So I want to make sure that if something happens to me, uh, if I'm disabled or after I pass away, that, you know, my affairs are in order so my daughter is taken care of so she doesn't have to suffer the consequences like uh, families that don't do estate planning. And again, I use the example of my grandfather when he passed away. In, I believe he was 47, which is my age, when he when he passed away. But dying without a will or an estate plan, again, caused some serious suffering for my grandmother, my dad, and my uncle because of the failure to plan. So I want to make sure my legacy is that you know I, I take my loved ones are taken care of after I'm passed. And as far as my clients are concerned, again, I want my legacy to be to help as many families as possible, not just my domestic clients, but as well as my international clients that don't know the system. They may not speak the language. They're, they're absolutely uh, ignorant of the tax laws here in the U.S. because that's not their home country. I want to help these families uh, you know, be prepared and make sure that their loved ones are taken care of, just like my loved ones are taken care of, for everyone's benefit. Good. Thank you for sharing that with us. It's so important to think about how you're going to leave things uh, after you pass away. So contact uh, your favorite attorney, your favorite estate planning attorney, and you might ask a couple of questions like, um, how many wills have you done? How many years have you been doing wills? How many wills do you do in a week? Uh, do you know anything about trust? Those are all questions that you can ask uh, an attorney just to find out if they focus on estate planning, living trusts, and last wills. And uh, while Ivan Ramirez can help you with international estate planning, uh, attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm might be able to help you transition your family business or sell your family business even to a child. Uh, it helps with uh, the transition and it helps with the tax planning involved. Um, there are various strategies and to find out which strategy is right for you, it takes a conversation. And because you're also experienced as an elder law attorney, you can help them throughout all stages of their life. So now we're having this podcast episode with an international estate planning attorney and an elder law estate planning attorney, hitting them at all angles across the board and across the borders. Yeah, that's very clever of you to say. <laughs> so uh, lawyers have become kind of like physicians. Uh, you need to find one that focuses on the area that you have particular questions about. And I just want to mention again that uh, another sponsor of the show is Falcon Bank. And so I will remind our listeners that uh, decisions about your future can be difficult. But at Falcon Bank, their trust department can make planning for tomorrow a positive experience. 
from estate planning and administration of trust to investment management, including real estate and mineral management. Falcon Bank offers solutions with an honest evaluation of what you need. Call Falcon Bank at 210-489-4150 to discuss how they may be of service to you. Now, we've been making all of these announcements throughout the entire show. Make this phone call, visit this website, and maybe you don't have the time to be making all these activities. Maybe you're running late and you have different hours. Maybe you're a night owl. You can still be able to stream our podcast if you visit Apple iTunes and download the Apple Podcast for free. Type in Talk Law radio podcast and you'll be able to get our full repertoire and playlist that we have of all of our previous episodes help us reach a thousand subscribers on youtube so that way we can start streaming for your friends who are avoiding you on facebook and as always we're taking open recommendations so this is one homework i would like to leave people Start tracing your family tree. If you're in quarantine right now or in a shutdown and you're at home with your family, you have a phone line, you have the internet, you can contact your family and start tracing that family tree and decide if there are going to have to be some new types of planning um, that you might have to take with your family members if it turns out that you have relatives that are outside of our borders. Yeah, I think it's important that you reach out to older people and Uh, family and friends who might be disabled. Ask them if they have enough paper products. Ask them if they have enough food. Ask them if uh, they want you to deliver a six-pack of beer. Whatever it is, just ask them how they're doing. And always give enough time for them. This is a time when a lot of people are feeling isolated, especially our seniors. And for the children to be able to learn more about their family history, this podcast is focusing on the law and the gospel and many different subjects. But we would like you to send us your recommendations. Become a new subscriber today on Facebook and on YouTube. Comment your recommendations, and who knows, we might give you a shout-out and dedicate our new episodes in the future based off of your recommendations. Again, it's Talk Law Radio. Look for the Scales of Justice. You'll find us on Facebook. You'll find us on YouTube. Visit our website, TalkLawRadio.com, and our podcast, Talk Law Radio Podcast. Yvonne, thank you so much for staying on the phone with us and through video throughout this entire episode. And we'll be back next week with Tyler Rutherford on employment laws. So stay tuned then.